Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast. Answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week. Right here on BallQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. It's the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. I am Eric Kane with Austin Price, Brett Hubbs, and Grant Ramey. It's presented, as always, by our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Uh, for a free estimate, you can go ahead and give them a call today at 865-524-5888. That is 865-524-5888. A lot of things to go over today. It's going to be a busy day. Tennessee takes to the podium down in Nashville for SEC Media Days. Of course, uh, recruiting never stops. But we got a full bank of questions, and we'll go ahead and get into those. We'll start with Nashville 615. Got a couple of questions here. Tennessee Tennessee's offensive line gave up 27 sacks last year. Are you taking the over or the under uh, in that regard? Brent, we'll start with you. Um, Probably take the my, – my initial thought is the over because Joe Milton's not going to get Tennessee out of as much trouble as Hendon Hooker did, and Tennessee doesn't have Darnell right off the edge dealing with the best edge rushers in, in college football like they had a year ago. So my, my initial gut feeling says over, but we'll see. I'm going to go it's going to be very similar, and here's why I say that. Hubs makes a thousand good points about, you know, uh, Joe doesn't move like Hendon does uh, or slide in the pocket like Hendon did. You know, there's no Darnell Wright, so on and so forth. But the league also doesn't have B.J. Ojolari. It does not have – you know, Will Anderson, it does not have several of those those key guys. Now, it still has a ton of talent, so it, it could definitely be the over, but I, I think it kind of balances itself out because I think you maybe, you know, where in the past you might have given up a sack or two, maybe you don't because that it's you don't have the high-end guys that were there a year ago. Who do we over, think leads new the quarterback. Bunch of go ahead, Grant, sorry. Go ahead, no, go ahead, they hit on it, go ahead. Okay, who, Grant, we'll start with you on this one. Who leads the teams, in, the team in sacks on defense? Oh gosh, I'll take the first one instead of the second one. I don't know, Roman Harrison, shot in the dark. I have no idea. He'll probably play the most snaps. There'll be a lot of guys that play a lot of snaps, but he also Roman, looks, he also looks the part. He does. Roman Harrison will be out there a whole lot. I mean, I just don't think we'll know about this one, guys, until we get into fall camp. Joshua Joseph, James Pierce, got to take a step. Can Roman Harrison break through and be a threat back there, even though he plays a lot of snaps? Caleb Herring, what's he look like? Uh, I think that's just kind of a TBD. Uh, Austin, how likely is this a top 10 class? Um, class calculation says at least if you get one or two of Cam Franklin, Wingo, or Jordan Ross, uh, you can be a top 10 class potentially. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they're able to, you know, they got Mike Matthews last night. If they're able to close out Edmund on Friday – um, and, and then land Kai Bates next week, Tennessee's going to be a, what, people had already done the math, they're going to be like five, six, seven in that range. And then again, what happens with Amari Jefferson? What happens with Bennett Warren? 
what happens with Jordan Ross, what happens with several other, you know, Chris Cole, who is now what 51 on, on, on three. I mean, like, you know, nationally. So, I mean, you know, you have a chance to add some key pieces that are going to send you right back up in there. So, um, you know, Tennessee should be a, you know, top 10 ish class, uh, by next week. And, you know, we'll see if they're able to build on that the rest of the way. All right, last one here from Nashville, 615. He asked for a defensive line 2 deep projection, but Brent, again, this is, uh, you know, Rodney Gardner loves to play a lot of guys. You, you you have four defensive linemen or defensive tackles in, in the sense of Amari Thomas and Bryson Eason, Elijah Simmons, Omar Norman Lott. Those Leos, all four of those guys are likely going to play in Roman Harrison, Pierce, Josephs, and Caleb Herring. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the technique on the other side, you got Tyler Barron, you've got Tyree West, you've got Dominic Bailey. That's kind of the group. I mean, I'm not missing anybody that's going to see some significant playing time on the defensive line, line am I? I don't think so. I mean, you know, they're going to play 11, 12 guys. Um, so, I mean, a two deeps kind of doesn't matter. I mean, cause, because they're going to go three deep. They did a year ago, and they will continue to do that move, moving forward with, with this club, you know, with this group. Um, and that's the that's the concern that you have for 24. Um, is a lot of those guys, you know, who are the, out of that group is going to be back, and, and how do you get to 10, 11, 12 deep in 24? That's a topic for a different day, but they're going to rotate a bunch of guys. There's no doubt about that. The, the one, the one, the two unknowns are the two freshmen, Tyree Weathersby and David Hobbs. Hobbs obviously had to miss spring due to a, due to a labrum, then Weathersby didn't hear it all summer. You don't expect those guys to play, but can they factor, right? Can they make that rotation? I think those are unknowns. And then Omar Norman Lott is an unknown. Had a really strong spring, but you've not really had a chance to see him a whole lot. I know this. If he can, you know, the, the staff has high hopes for him. I think that they were very impressed with what they got out of him in spring. I think they feel like he can be a real key piece up front on the defensive line this fall. But, AP, it's, it's fair to say, you know, as far as defensive tackle, Thomas, Eason, Norman Lott, and, and Simmons, it's kind of do or, ne- do or die time for Simmons. But those four guys are going to see some playing time just because there's not a lot of bodies there, right? 100%. And, and here's the thing. Every one of them could depart this football program after this season. They could all go pro, you know, and, and forgo the rest of their eligibility. All of them could come back, but they all could also leave. And, and you know, so, like, you know, my big question is, is, like, you know, as Hubs has pointed out, in 24, who steps up into those roles if, you know, it all goes bad and they all leave? If it all goes bad, that means that it's all went good because that means they've all played well. But, like, you, you still need some quality bodies. And I think that's where Tennessee's searching for long-term is the depth. They got, I think they got the depth this year that can they can handle it, um, even if they're a little bit thin in the middle. I still think overall they're pretty 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 good. Let's stay on with the the playing time and, and more projections right now because, again, fall camp hasn't started, but Go Vols 12 wants to know, uh, Grant, who do you believe starts in the secondary? Any freshmen that can really push to see some time back there in the secondary with you know, Ricky Gibson, Jordan Matthews, John Slaughter, amongst those names? Who do I believe starts? Uh, Kamal Haddon, Danigo Slaughter, Jalen McCullough, until further notice, I guess. Um, uh, Tamari McDonald. Wesley Walker, I don't know. I don't know any freshmen that are going to contribute right away or, or get a lot of snaps this season. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about a lot of the, the bodies they have. We don't really know how the pieces of this puzzle fit together. Go ahead, AP, but I don't, I don't know about the freshmen. I, I think we all agree that Jalen McCullough will start. 
I think the one fly in the ointment for him starting would be someone taking a huge leap in fall camp. There's actually two by flies in the ointment. One, somebody taking a huge leap in fall camp. The other being, if Tennessee starts getting pushback about the fact that right now he's under indictment hubs, I mean, like, you know, right now he's still going through all the team activities and stuff. But, you know, Northwestern was only going to give Pat Fitzgerald two weeks. <laughs> and next thing you know, they get a little pushback and he's fired. So, like, how much pushback does someone give Tennessee about the fact that he's under an indictment right now? And does that change? Does he plea out? You know, does, you know, what happens there over the next, you know, six weeks? Yeah. I mean, you got a court date coming up later this month and, and that's going to dictate what happens there. Is there a, is there a plea deal? You know, does he plead not guilty? And is he going to go to trial in the fall? Uh, how, how does all those things work? We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and, and see there, but I, I'm with you guys provided he's on the roster. I think he starts week one. And then, the, you know, to me, the question is where is Danico slaughter help this team best at the end of the year, it was at corner. When you get to start messing and putting all those pieces together, is there a young guy who steps up and, and can play corner and you say, hey, Danico Slaughter can help us more at safety? Is that something that you look at or you don't look at in fall camp? I don't know. That would be the only scenario I see where, to, to answer his question about a, a freshman being a factor there, I think if a freshman factors in, it would be at corner more than safety. And I think if you do that, then you're probably moving to Nico to safety, don't you think? Yeah, I think the Nico Slaughter. If you're saying, if you're saying, Austin, you know, build your build your secondary. <clears throat> it would be Wesley Walker and Danico Slaughter at safety. It'd be T Mac at, at nickel, uh, and then it'd be Kamal Haddon and Gabe Judy Lally at at corner. And then those young guys would be a part of the equation um, in some form or fashion. That's my secondary that I would build. Yeah, you brought up a name there, and I know the, the the poster asked about freshmen, and I get it, but I'm glad you brought up Gabe Judy Lolly there because I think, and, and the question I'm going to try to figure out during fall camp if we see enough and over the first couple weeks of the season. I don't see nothing, man. Come on now. Um, true, was, yeah. But, it's a joke game. But can this, team, can this team, you know, when a guy gets beat over a slant over the middle, instead of just holding that guy out there to continue to play 70 snaps, 85 snaps a game, can you send in somebody else for five or six plays? Oh, they absolutely could. Now, will yeah, and, and that's where I think the improvement in the secondary, and then it, you can just show the growth of this defense overall. Because the last two years you couldn't do that, but are you to a point now to where you can do that? Good teams can do that. So let's see if Tennessee can do that this year. Let's go to Nico Suave. Brent, does this style of offense uh, mitigate the need for elite offensive linemen? Feels like it's a style where average can play. And uh, where you know good space and good quarterback play can kind of overcompensate for maybe some weaker offensive linemen. I don't think they have to be road graders. I don't think that means you have weak offensive linemen, Grant. I, I just don't think they have to be the the old school, you know, pulling guard, you know, Washington Redskin, <laughs> you know, isolation John Riggins run play. So I, I think that um, you got to have a guy with good feet. Um, it helps if your quarterback can get you out of some trouble there, but can they, can they play on the offensive line without five, five stars across the front? Yeah. I mean, I, I think this offense predicates that allows that. You don't, you don't think they're going to run much Lombardi sweep? I don't, I don't get the, I mean, we saw a little sweep in the orange bowl, but I don't know that we're going to see a little counter tray and Lombardi sweep very often out of this group. I feel, 
feel like we, we kind of touched on this last week when there, we were talking about questions on the offensive line. I think the speed at which this offense moves and the speed with which you have to make decisions as a quarterback post-snap and the spread of the offense, how far spread apart, all that stuff, I think I think that's why it kind of mitigates the, the offensive linemen and, and who you have up there like the guy's asking here. All right, AP, we got a scenario situation here. Uh-oh. Say Tennessee gets Matthews, Bates, Warren, and Spillman. They get them all. Who is, A, the most important recruit left on the board, in your opinion, and B, the recruit the staff would want to add the most? Well, I think it um, – I would have told you Amari Jefferson, and I still think he's super important, but I also think Tennessee needs defensive linemen. So I would tell you Danny Okoye. Um, that would be the most important player on the board. Then – Amari Jefferson. The most so you could you could you could jockey it here. At that point, most off most uh, important offensive player, Amari Jefferson. Most important defensive player or overall player because I think defense matters most in this instance, especially up front on the defensive line, would be Danny Okoye because you you have the momentum with Danny Okoye, and, and you need to be able to close that one out. You know when he visits here in September. Grant, let's do this one with you. This is from Doolittle Vol. What is your expectation for Joe running the football this year? He's been reluctant to pull it down in the past. This is one area, of course, we've talked about it, where Hendon Hooker has excelled and uh, could possibly be a drop-off this year in the offense. I was actually – he was asked about that on SEC Nation, talking about how Hendon ran it the last couple of years and, and how they're going to ask Joe to run it, if it's going to be similar, whatever the emphasis is going to be. And, I mean – Hypo answered it, can answer it better than I can. He basically said he's going to have to do it, and they're going to have to see it. And it's an area of growth that he has to show them. He has to take basically what he can get when it's there to stay ahead of the sticks and then kind of keep things moving. That's pocket presence. That's I mean, he's not going to run it like Hendon did. He's a completely different quarterback. But it's it's got to be something where it's, it's going to be part of the scheme. There's going to be designed quarterback runs, and there's also going to be times where he just has to use his eyes and make his reads. And if he sees something where he has to get it, he'll just go get it like Hendon did the time. You know, Hubbard, a year ago when Joe was the backup, we actually did see him run the ball more and lower his head more and be a little more forceful than he did the year before in those first few games when he was the starter. Then once he came in when Hendon was injured and they didn't have a lot of depth, you didn't see that. And I think that was probably by design because Tennessee didn't really have much behind him and couldn't afford to do this sim- to do uh, similar things. So my question is: is, what does he look like early in the year because there will be more depth behind him, so to speak. And, you know, you potentially could run him more. Well, I mean, first of all, throw the Vanderbilt, throw everything about the Vanderbilt game with Joe Milton out the window, in my opinion, because they got a lead on that one. And they said, you're not going to run it and get hurt. And we're not going to ask you to throw it in the rain in any kind of skilled situation. We'll throw some deep balls on third long, third down. If we don't convert it, we'll punt or we'll hand it off. We will run for 487,000 yards which is what they ultimately ended up doing in, in that game. So I take that game Just out of the equation. Now, what's interesting in the Clemson game, much to my surprise, probably three or four times maybe, they ran a straight sweep with Joe Milton, um, which was obviously something they saw on tape that they thought they could attack and, and get after Clemson with. Um, so how many of those type plays are there? We'll see. But I think Grant said it best. It's The bigger question is, can he feel it? Can he take and eliminate a negative play and turn it into a positive or turn it into a net zero? Hendon turned it into 20 yards, right? 
We saw that against Alabama. We saw it against Florida early in the game where he turned a, a bust into a, an 18-yard run or whatever it was. I don't know that Joe's going to do a lot of that, but Joe has to avoid the eight-yard sack. He's got to avoid those types of plays, and I think that's the bigger question I have with Joe running the football as opposed to how many design plays they run for Joe running the football. It's can he – can he mask an offensive line or a tight end bust or a running back pickup bust with his legs the way Hendon did? And I, I don't know how effective he can be at that. Oh, only time's going to tell there. I will say this. If they ran for that many yards, hubs, that's the equivalent of 276 miles. You're pretty impressive. <laughs> Check the stats. Check the stats. Rob will be so happy that you looked that up if he was on the pod today. Uh, Brent, let's stay with you. Rocky Top T wants to know, is there a set number of grad assistants or analysts a team can have? Do, do you guys know how many uh, Tennessee has currently? Oh, gosh, I don't. I mean, they add one every week, it feels like. Um, you know, I mean, they can hand out those positions like candy corn at Halloween, AP. I, I don't know what the limit is anymore. Yeah, and I mean, they're just – the people – I mean, basically the question is, is like, you know, Tennessee, I think fans and this fan is probably wanting to know, like, is Tennessee going to add, like, you know, like uh, like Alabama would add a Pat Fitzgerald, right? You know, he, he got fired, so let's bring him in. You know, rehab, rehab. Like, I don't think Josh Heupel is going to do that with 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 those type of coaches. You're not going to see like these guys that lost their job or whatever that just kind of need a, a landing spot um, to kind of get back up on their feet. I just don't see that with Hype. Well, and here's the I'm thing. Anyway. Go ahead, Grant. Go ahead, Grant. No, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll come back. You go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that the thing that you can, the other thing too is, you know, director of player personnel, that that department is there is no, there is no stop on that deal. I mean, you you can have a limited number of analysts, you can have a limited number of grad assistants. There is no limit number on how many assistant director of player personnel's you you can have in your program, and everybody's that department across the country is growing by leaps and bounds right now. I went down the I went down the uh, online uh, list of coaches. How, what what do you think the number is on analysts? If I if I didn't miss anybody, just, uh, just analysts. Four hundred and eighty-six. No, not grad assistants, just analysts. Um, eight. So uh, yeah, I was going to say seven or eight. Go ahead, AP. Um, I'll go ten. Thirteen is what I got. I got. Okay, I win, three. baby. Didn't go over. I got. I got four offensive analysts, including one senior offensive analyst. I got three defensive analysts, including one senior defensive analyst, two, uh, one special team analyst, one recruiting analyst, two recruiting analysts, two uh, personnel analysts. I think I counted five grad assistants. So I don't know. That's the number. Interesting. I don't think my work was done. All right, let's uh, Grant. Let's say with you here going into fall camp. Who were some names? And I mentioned one earlier in Elijah Simmons, but who were some names where? Uh, their opportunity to produce may be classified as now or never. Uh, this guy we hadn't talked much about this offseason. His name is Joe Milton III, and he plays quarterback. And it feels like this is now or never for Joe because this is now or never. For, I mean, I went down the roster, and nobody really jumped out at me as guys who have waited their turn, and, and now it's their turn to be in the spotlight, and now it's time to produce and kind of step up and make a name for themselves. But with Joe, I mean, he's waited his turn. He's transferred. He's, you know, he's won the job and he's lost the job with an ankle injury and had to sit and watch him and do it for two years. And now it's his turn because he's out of time. The clock's ticking. Now it's time to produce and, and be the man from day one, from game one, from 
you know, the first drive and kind of make his name in this offense this second time around. I went down the roster and Joe was the biggest name that I could, that, just the name that jumped out, I guess. You hate to do this so early, but Brent, would maybe an Addison Nichols fall in this category? Yeah, it's too early in his career. I mean, you know, okay. he's been, he's been in the program, you know. I mean, he's just because just because there's opportunities right yeah, now, I guess. Right, but 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 if he doesn't win the left guard spot in fall camp, you know, I, I don't I don't think anybody in the program is going to go. All right, he can't play. We're moving on. You know, somewhere else. That that's it. He's missed his opportunity. I, I don't think that's the scenario at, at all there. Um, with, with him, and you know, again, Elijah Simmons is, is a guy who's at the end of his career. It, it is, you know, it, on defense, it's now or never for him. He's got a lot of ability. Anybody you talk to, Austin, will tell you when he wants to, when he goes as hard as he wants to and puts it all together, he can play on Sundays and make money. Um, it's just, does can he stay healthy and does he want to do that like that? Offensively, I'm with Grant. I mean, I don't. You know, could you throw Caleb Webb as a second-year player in there? I I don't know that that's fair to any of those young receivers right now to say it's now or never for them. But, I mean, this is Joe's chance, and and we'll see how Joe capitalizes on it. Uh, Yeah, the the simple answer is Nico. It's now or never. I mean, he's watching. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's stay with you. What factors led to the sudden surge in interest from Chris Cole? Well, I think that, that Tennessee's been pushing there for a couple of months, and he admitted that. Like, Tennessee really tried like crazy to get him here for an official visit in June and just couldn't get it worked out. And then at that point, it was like, just don't commit. Give us a shot in July. And he kept, you know, as much as everybody in Miami thought he was going to pull the trigger and, you know, uh, you know, a few other schools, he, he was adamant. I'm not committing. I want to visit Tennessee. Uh, Peyton Lewis has been in his ear. Those guys that went to school together for a long time. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he was down here in the spring, but I think, you know, he comes in this time and there's going to be a lot of special of attention uh, paid to Chris Cole. So I think the balls have some momentum here. Now, are they the team to beat? I would not say that, but they do have a ton of momentum heading into the visit, which makes them really dangerous. If you're Miami or Georgia or any of these other schools that are after him, you got to watch, what um, happens and what he says coming out of this visit, because he's right now pretty determined to commit in the month of August. And if Tennessee can kind of be that last team he sees, build on the momentum they already have, that's a good thing for the Vols. What do you think about his jump up the ranking so much? I mean, he was right. He was out of the 300. Now he's up to 51. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's what rankings do. They bounce around. Um, There were guys that were in the, 50 to 75 range they're no longer even in the 300 right i mean you know they it's not that's not new that's been going on for a while he's one that kind of rocketed up he has all the intangibles right as far as like you know you know bone density and ankle stiffness and all those (laughs) things that the coaches look for uh he, he he sets the bar high um for low bone density and uh you know low ankle stiffness and uh but no he, he he's an incredible athlete with uh, a lot a skill set that you know is very raw um you know but you know if he puts it all together then you know he's got something special about him so you're saying he's got big hand big enough hands and fluid hips right ap fluid hips hubs fluid hips that's 100 right i do the not more- have fluid hips for those of you wondering at home hey, you're back on that water ski don't don't cut yourself short nothing, now nothing fluid about that fellas the growth plates are still open hover <laughs> <laughs> now's a good time to 
take a quick time out. Want to give a shout out to Exterior Home Solutions as always for their coverage, helping us whatever we're doing right now, make, making this coverage possible. Your roof, it's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Them hubs, about the, them hubs. Them hips got hubs up there on that roof right there, AP. AP, it was... It was, it was an it was, it was an ugly scene getting up there. It was touch and go coming back down that ladder though. Much as you try to maneuver to get on the ladder, Packer and I were underneath. Ankles, ankle stiffness, <laughs> ankle stiffness on the roof. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot, and I don't have good bone density if I fall, so it doesn't go well. <laughs> All right, AP, let's get back to the recruiting. Uh, Voltstar eighty eight wants to know how things are looking currently for Bennett Warren. Uh, thought Tennessee was, was going to get him. Sounds like there might be a split decision there uh, within. Yeah, don't know. Uh, he's went quiet, went quiet on mem- Michigan media. He's went quiet on Tennessee media. I think he's probably still talking to both schools, but he's went quiet on anybody that's not, you know, a, a coach at the respective schools. The team to watch out for here at the end of the month is, does he take a visit to Texas A&M? That's the school right down the road. He's in Houston. It's not very far to get over to College Station from there. And, you know, his, his high school coach, uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure played for Texas A&M. Now, I don't think that that's some end-all, be-all. I'm just saying that it could be the compromise for, you know, the fact that you've got part that want Michigan, part that want Tennessee, and maybe they compromise on A&M. We'll see. I don't know. I just know that he's went quiet, went dark, and thus I think there's a lot of unknown right now about him. Wesley 28 wants to know who is your surprise team in the SEC this year? Grants uh, taking off the table, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee. Ole Miss, maybe. I like Quinchon Judkins. I think Lang can score points. He's got like 17 quarterbacks on roster. He's got, who's he got? Jackson Dart, Spencer Sanders. Um, obviously, playing in the SEC West, they're going to have a, a rough schedule, but. I mean, if you're looking for surprise outside of those top four, I'll think Ole Miss. I, for me, I think Kentucky's going to be better. I, I I don't know if that equates to more wins. I think they're going to be more competitive, though. I think Leary is a is a much more functional quarterback um, than what they had, and and I think that just Kentucky's more competitive. Doesn't mean they'll get more wins. I just think they will be better, though. I, I'm looking call it. Some- I was going to say, sorry, Brent, I was going to say, I don't know if you can call it a surprise, but a, a team we're not mentioning is A&M, sure, who's had a, a, a nice little offseason as well. Well, I mean, they all got their sunglasses. I mean, they all went Corey Hart at SEC Media Days. Um, and, and Jimbo Fisher is answering questions about whether he and his offensive coordinator can get together and, and, and sort of coexist for a while. Look, they have all the talent in the world at A&M, okay? They, they can certainly be – they, they can certainly be, you know, but I don't know that they're a surprise. I think a lot of people are going to pick them pretty high because yeah. Bobby Petrino's there and, and they've got a lot of talent. I'm going to be fascinated to see what Hugh Freeze does in year one at Auburn. 
can he find any kind of quarterback play? They are going to have an identity. That thing was such a train wreck, Grant, behind the scenes with everything that was going on. Can he rally that tr- that that group of guys and, and sort of get them all in, in the same direction? The way the the way you know Cadillac Williams did kind of down the stretch. I mean, they played hard. They gave themselves a chance to win in every game that they played. I don't think they can win the West or anything, but they may be better than a lot of people give them credit for in year and one. Maybe the fly and the ointment. Yeah, they they can cause a problem potentially. I think. But Grant, they're still going to be pick sixth in the West, right behind Ole Miss and and, and Arkansas. Yeah, I, I would think so. But also at the same time, there was that graphic on SEC Network on Tuesday or whatever it was when Q Freeze was going through media days and it said he's the only active coach with multiple wins over Nick Saban. Is that correct? Or would yep. Kirby Smart be in that category? I don't know. How many times has Georgia beat Alabama? I mean, that's a good place to start. It's year one. I don't know what the talent looks like. I'm down Auburn's roster. I'm sure it's not that great. Um, based on odds and all that stuff and, and where they're being picked. But if you beat Saban in your past, it's a pretty good start for an SEC West head coach. I think Kirby, Kirby's only one was the national championship game, right? Isn't that right? Okay, yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense. All right, let's go to Uber Vol. It seems like years ago, the discussion was more about assistant coaches being the lead recruiter in certain territories. Now it's talked about in terms of recruiting their own position. Has there been a shift, Austin, or is that just my perception? Uh, no, I think that, that they do a little bit of both. They do area recruiting. Um, you know, Jerry Mack has North Carolina. Jerry Mack has Memphis from North Mississippi. Um, BJ has Nashville and parts of Florida where he has a lot of ties from his time down there. Um, so they, they still recruit areas, but they do recruit specific positions. So let's say they make a run through their area the first week of evaluation period. The second week, BJ Mogo only see linebackers. And so they do a little bit of both. And and I think part of that also is created by the fact that kids make so many unofficial visits to schools now that, that you're, you're, you're not just recruiting a kid for the, you know, to convince him to take the official visit, you know, four in home visits in January and look for a signature. You're developing a deeper relationship. So if a guy has been on your campus three or four times, it's only natural that, that you're going to go on the road and see that guy while you're out and about. So, I think that's part of has contributed to it a little bit as well. Uh, you also don't have to tag in and out anymore. So you can have all your guys on the road, which allows you to go places and, and do things as well. You don't have to come back in and, okay, I'm, I'm in, you can go out now and, and that kind of thing that, that, you know, guys can be on the road all the time, which means, Hey, if you're in Mississippi or you're in Memphis seeing an area and you want to go, you need to go see a running back, you know, in, in Ohio or wherever it, it's okay to do that, whereas you, you had to bounce your travel a little differently when you couldn't have everybody on the road at the same time. Big Orange Banjo wants to know the feedback that you've heard on James Pierce and Joshua Joseph's uh, the progression this offseason. I mean, I think both those guys have gotten, you know, bigger and stronger. Grant, they've had the traditional, we've had a good offseason type deal. Rodney Garner said it best, you know, back in the spring some point, one of those two or both those guys got to step out there and go do it. And, um, you know, they look pretty and run around, but until you put pads on and get to the quarterback, Grant, you haven't proven you can do it. You got to go do it. When was the last time somebody had a bad offseason? Anybody? I can, I can name one, but I'm not going to because I like that. No, on the record, on the record, bad offseason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, the feedback's always going to be positive this time of year. I'll give you one on the record that this was very young in my career. This is back when guys went home for the summer. 
Uh, they didn't stay around all the statute time. Statute limitations are gone. <laughs> yeah, the statute of limitations on this one are, are gone. He's a, he's a great dude. But um, Coach Philip Fulmer was very, very unhappy with a senior offensive lineman, uh, big Chevy Jeff Smith, when he came back to campus for fall camp one year because he was not at the weight that Coach Fulmer wanted. And uh, Coach Fulmer did not hesitate to discuss that openly with the media and make sure everybody saw that uh, Jeff was doing some extra conditioning on the bike and extra running afterwards because he did not uh, he did not return to the in, the in the way that Coach Fulmer wanted to see him when fall camp started. But that's been umpteen hundred years ago. Now nobody goes home, and now everybody has a great summer. <laughs> Big Orange Banjo also wants to know: um, Is there a possibility Elijah Herring could play on the edge this year, given the competition at inside linebacker? Austin, the answer is no. He's an inside linebacker. But you will see pass rushing situations where they have three backers out there, like last year, and you saw Herring come off the edge a little bit. But that that's that's a package. He, he's an inside linebacker. 100%. That's exactly right. All right, let's move through here. Let's get a couple. We got the time ticking here. Um, when it sounds like uh, recruiting with recruiting limitations coming from the Friday announcement, it sounds like they're going to be manageable a speed bump, if you will. Uh, curious to know which ones will be the most challenging for this coaching staff. Uh, Brent and AP, anybody? 36 docked official visits or no official visits for 10 home games, four of those being SEC games, 28 scholarships, or the 28-week ban on recruiting communications. What's most challenging? Uh, for me, I think it's either the three SEC games that you have to not have recruits at or – it is not being able to work the phones. I think that that's, you know, sometimes you're going to be really strategic when you don't work the phones and it, it's got to be when it's got to be a week when it, it doesn't matter. Right. Like you can't have that week when you need to be on the phone when kids are closing out the recruitments. And I'm sure Tennessee will handle it that way. Um, I don't worry about the official visitors. I mean, they, they don't get through their official visit allotment, you know, most of the time anyway. Yeah. I don't think the official visitors are a factor. Um, I think the not having recruits at games is probably the check, not the hardest necessarily to work through, but granted, it's the one that's always going to be used against Tennessee in recruiting. Boy, you wouldn't you like to go see that game this week? Yeah, you can at Tennessee. I mean, they're on probation and, and, and that type of thing. So I think that's the one that they'll have to deal with specifically with recruits more than the phone call stuff. You got five years and, and you got, to, to do three SEC games, and it'll be Vanderbilt and 23 at home, yeah. Vanderbilt and 25 at home, and Vanderbilt and 27 at home. And yeah. then it'll be a bunch of slappy games otherwise. It just don't matter. I mean, they yeah, played no, the Thursday games, and no one – no one, they had no recruits at those on purpose, and no one, no one knew, no one said anything. Well, I'm just saying other schools trying to use no, that. No, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't I think it's you. impossible to manage, but I think that's the one reminder that Tennessee's had an NCAA issue. Right. I, I think that's the one reminder that recruits are going to hear from other schools. I mean, it's the same group of recruits who have heard, you know, hey, they're going to get three years postseason ban. You know, they're getting a death penalty. You know, you'll never play for a championship while you're there because you won't be allowed to. I mean, you know, that stuff's going to be used against them, is my point. When I read the no official visitors, what is it, 10 games and how many SEC? You say three or four? I thought they should have clarified you can't count Vanderbilt in November <laughs> as part of these SEC games because it's Vanderbilt and it's November. I mean, and it's Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, it's like a it's like a non conference game if if things are going the way things should go. Well, yeah. hey, remember this now. Yes, 
remember this, we don't know what the schedule is going to look like. So we don't know who the Thanksgiving Day game is going to be after this year. I mean, that could be a big game. It's likely not, I don't think. But that's not a given that that's always going to be Alabama when when the SEC kicks out this new schedule because we don't know what dates they're going to – I mean, they could finally use this now to put some of the more important games later in the year. Uh, it's not deciding the divisional race, but could be a bigger factor in the conference race. So we'll we'll see who that Thanksgiving game is. But if it is Vanderbilt, or even a, a you know a team that doesn't draw a lot of interest, then yes, they will use that Van, that that Thanksgiving weekend as their three to get through the SEC part. All right, last one, rapid fire. Let's go to Austin Price, couple from Athrun. Uh, Mike Matthews, what do you like about him as a player? Uh, you know, as you read earlier today, um, you know, based off his impact analysis last night, you know, the, I mean, when the coach is comparing you to Michael Jordan, your ability to <laughs> hang in the air and just kind of elevate and just stay up there when everybody else is coming down, um, just think he's a freak athlete, and I think the biggest thing is he's super driven. He's he does not rest on the success he gets. Will Spillman and Kai Bates choose the big orange? We'll see. <laughs> Anything new on Chris Cole? Uh, no, he's just gonna come in next week. And then the latest with defensive tackle recruiting. Um, that's been asked on the bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped and bumped again on the board and uh i'll just bump it again here because there's just not much going on i mean now we'll see if cam franklin decides to pick miami after he goes down there with his grandma if he's able to get back up here or whatever um you know just we'll see appreciate you guys as always for sending in those questions throughout the week for the volquest mailbag podcast happens every single thursday right here on VolQuest.com, the General's Quarters, and of course, VolQuest on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to that if you haven't already. Help us get this video out in front of more Tennessee fans. And a big thank you to Exterior Home Solutions, as always, for making this coverage possible. If you have a need, you want to upgrade your home or repair your home, Exterior Home Solutions is the solution for you. Free estimate, 865-524-5888, or visit them online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. A big day of coverage coming up from SEC Media Days. Stay dialed into VolQuest.com. Appreciate you guys for being here. T-shirt, Happy. Hubbard. Show them the T-shirt. We'll see that T-shirt, Hubbard. Yeah. Woo-woo. Available soon. That is a beautiful Flex. model right there as well. And a beautiful T-shirt. The VolQuest sign is back up on Neyland Stadium. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. Every week, right here on VolQuest. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.